Year after year, researchers stumble on some unexplained mysteries in Antarctica that shock mainstream historians and archaeologists. From the alleged three pyramids that perfectly resemble the pyramids at Giza, to the dozens of strange objects detected by satellite images, Antarctica continues to be Earth's least explored continent. That can't be a surprise, considering it's the most remote place from any human civilization and it's buried under at least three miles of ice, almost five kilometers. It's the coldest, highest, windiest, and driest place on the planet, making it nearly impossible for archaeological excavation and exploration without spending millions of dollars. No wonder we know so little about it. The little we do know about it, however, is as surprising as ever. Fossil records reveal that millions of years ago, Antarctica was like a paradise, warm and covered in tropical jungles, forests, lakes, vegetation, and all sorts of wildlife. This leads many to believe in the possibility that, at some point in the distant past, Antarctica was home to Earth's oldest civilization, and that all the strange discoveries spotted there are mere traces of its existence. Of course, scientists can't dig the three miles of ice thoroughly. But does that mean that no one knows what lies beneath the ice? Apparently not, because in late 1929, a German theologian working in Istanbul, Turkey, found a gazelle skin parchment that had a map drawn on it. The map was from 1513 and was drawn and signed by an Ottoman admiral and cartographer by the name of Ahmed Muhyiddin Piri later known as Piri Race. It was very surprising that the map depicted North and South America with extreme detail. Although America was already discovered 21 years earlier, it was not mapped with such precision until much later. This made Piri Race's map the oldest surviving detailed map of the Americas. The map even depicted the Andes Mountains, which were first sighted 14 years later by Francisco Pizarro, what really shocked scholars was that the Piri Race map also revealed the continent of Antarctica, and not only that, but it depicted it before it was covered with ice. No one could explain how this was possible, considering the fact that mainland Antarctica was discovered in 1820, and it was by then long covered with ice. Apparently, Piri Race didn't create the map entirely by himself. Instead, he used the vast library of Constantinople, which was now in possession of the Ottomans. There, he uncovered different ancient maps from old civilizations like the Egyptians, Greeks, and Indians, together with six other sources Piri Race didn't want to disclose. From where these civilizations took the knowledge of the geography of Antarctica when it was without ice, and who the other six sources are, is still a mystery. Many people believe these civilizations received this knowledge from much older sources. Sources left from perhaps the first civilization that existed on the Earth. A culture living in Antarctica in a time when there was no ice and the continent was warm and full of life and vegetation. Even if we assume that navigators sailed down the coast of America, Africa, and Antarctica to map it, then the Piri Race map should indicate only the coastal features. Yet, the map accurately portrays mountains, rivers, and deep land features, which cannot be known without detailed exploration. 
It was not until 2004 and 2007 when a detailed sonar radar surveyed Antarctica and scanned the topographical features of the landscape beneath the ice cap. Astonishingly, the Peary Race map depicted all of these features beneath the ice. Many people consider the map as evidence that an ancient advanced civilization existed millions of years ago and depicted Antarctica, or that some kind of extraterrestrial contact brought this knowledge to the ancients. Whatever the case, we may never know what really lies beneath the three miles of ice in Antarctica, but perhaps we don't need to look under the ice. What if we look at the bottom of the sea near the coastline instead? What can we find there? In 1962, the National Science Foundation of the U.S. created a technologically advanced oceanographic research vehicle called the USNS Tannen. It was the world's first geophysical ship tasked with exploring Antarctica and the waters surrounding it. In the next two years, the ship brought plenty of data previously unknown and shed much light on our knowledge of the region. There were, however, a few mysteries spotted at the bottom of the ocean. One of them was discovered on August 29, 1964, when the USNS L. Tannen was photographing the ocean floor west of Cape Horn at a depth of almost three miles. What they discovered was astonishing. There, along the primarily bare bottom of the sea, they managed to take pictures of a bizarre structure standing in the middle of nowhere. The structure was very symmetrical, standing at two feet high and had nodules, spokes, and protrusions ending in a spherical node. It resembled an antenna or some other kind of signal transmitter. When the New Zealand Herald first released the photographs on December 5, 1964, in an article titled, Puzzle Picture from Seabed, scientists and researchers were immediately stunned. The article read, the American research ship, Altanen, sailed into Auckland yesterday with a mysterious photo taken at 2,250 fathoms, 1,000 miles west of Cape Horn. The photograph, which to a layman shows something like a complex radio aerial jutting out of the mud bottom, was taken on August 29th by a submarine camera. The ambiguous object was eagerly discussed and debated for years and thus the mystery of the so-called l Tannen antenna was born. Many people believed it was an out-of-place artifact left from an ancient civilization that once occupied the ice-free realm of Antarctica. They believed this civilization left many artifacts and remains of their structures under the three miles of ice now covering the continent. The seafloor near Antarctica is the only bottom not covered by ice. Hence, we can find traces of their existence there. Others went one step further and believed the mysterious object was some sort of alien technology deliberately placed in such a remote and desolate location to emit signals for extraterrestrial communication and possibly planet surveying. In 1968, author Brad Steiger stated in an article for Saga magazine that the L. Tannen had photographed an astonishing piece of machinery, very much like the cross between a TV antenna and a telemetry antenna. Of course, scientists quickly tried to cover the story, dismissing the discovery as an underwater sponge. They claimed what was photographed in the picture is the Cladoriza concrescence, a sea sponge from the family of Cladorizidae. There are many problems with this theory. For instance, 
The so-called L-tannin antenna is very geometrical and has precise angles and formations, which can't be said for the sea sponges to which it's compared. Another predicament with this hypothesis is that the Cladorisa concrescens lives in colonies and quickly reproduces. This marine species possesses asexual reproduction, which occurs when a small piece of the sponge breaks off and reattaches to the seafloor forming nearly identical organisms and eventually an entire colony. No such thing was found at the sea bottom as the object was standing all alone. The third problem is that the picture taken from l was shot at a depth of exactly 2.5 miles or 4 kilometers. At that depth, no sunlight can reach the seabed, making the existence of any sea sponges or plants highly impossible. Dr. Thomas Hopkins, a senior marine biologist specializing in plankton studies, also rejects the theory that the object is a plant. In his own words, At that depth, there is no light, so photosynthesis could not take place and plants could not live. I wouldn't like to say the thing is man-made because this brings up the problem of how one would get it there, but it's fairly symmetrical and the offshoots are all 90 degrees apart. This is why it has been argued over for so long. But if the L-tannin antenna is not natural, and no man has the technology to install it in a depth of three miles, then who placed it there? And for what purpose? The authors and researchers Brad Steiger and Joan Reitenauer may have an answer. They note that the L-tannin antenna is placed precisely on the 45,000-mile fault line rift that encircles our planet. The fault line rifts are linear zones where the lithosphere, Earth's outer part, is being pulled apart, creating extensional tectonics. This leads them to believe that the device was placed there to measure important geodetic, geodynamic, and seismic activities from our planet, and whoever set it there was well beyond any human capabilities. Steiger and Reitenauer noted that our science does not yet possess underwater vehicles capable of descending to such depths. Therefore, no one on Earth, that we are aware of, could have placed the device off Cape Horn. Interestingly, in the Sago Canyon in Utah, we can find this ancient petroglyph from 6000 BC, which depicts something very similar to the l antenna. Does this mean that the antenna has been on Earth for more than 8000 years? The antenna is not the only thing depicted in the Sago Canyon petroglyphs, however. There, we can see these strange beings, clearly different than any human. They are very tall compared to the humans and animals next to them, and have very strange and bizarre heads. Are these beings responsible for the l antenna? Is it possible that an extraterrestrial civilization is observing us, placing different devices to measure our planet? And if they do, what other devices are out there studying and surveying us? At this point, we can't refrain from mentioning the most well-known extraterrestrial object that has presumably also observed us for more than 13,000 years, the Black Knight Satellite. The Black Knight Satellite was first discovered in the early 1950s by U.S. scientists and astronomers who thought it belonged to the Soviets. The Soviets, on the other hand, believed it was placed by the U.S. In reality, none of them had the technology or ability to place satellites in orbit at that time. Consequently, leading many to believe it had to be of extraterrestrial origin, 
placed there to monitor our planet. The U.S. Department of Defense commissioned astronomer Clyde Tombow to look for it. Word quickly spread and a famous article about the Black Knight was published in the St. Louis Dispatch and the San Francisco Examiner on May 14, 1954. The story highlighted an interview with retired Marine Corps Major Donald E. Keyhole, who stated that Earth was being circled by one or two artificial satellites. He added that government scientists at White Sands, New Mexico, were making every effort to locate and chart these extraterrestrial satellites to determine their origin. This news article was written three years before the Soviet Union would launch the Earth's first satellite, Sputnik 1, and the U.S. would follow a few years later with their own. According to monitoring agencies around the world, the Black Knight has been transmitting radio signals for over 50 years now, leading many to believe that what Tesla heard in 1899 was coming from the Black Knight satellite. The USA and Soviet Union have shown particular interest in this unidentified space object. Since its discovery, this satellite has interested countries such as Sweden and many enthusiasts worldwide. One of them is a ham radio operator who apparently had decoded a series of signals received from the Black Knight satellite and interpreted it as a star chart centered on the Epsilon Boots star system and that the Black Knight originated from this system 13,000 years ago. In 1957, Dr. Luis Corralos of the Communications Ministry in Venezuela photographed it while taking pictures of Sputnik 2 as it passed over Caracas. The strange thing looked nothing like Sputnik 1 and 2, and it didn't even behave like any of our satellites. The Black Knight satellite orbited Earth from east to west. Sputnik 1 and 2 orbited from west to east, using Earth's natural rotation to maintain orbit. Interest in the Black Knight was higher each year, when in 1957, an unknown object was seen shadowing the Sputnik 1 spacecraft. According to reports, the unidentified object was in polar orbit. At that time, the United States nor the Russians possessed the technology to maintain a spacecraft in polar orbit. According to our research, the first polar orbiting satellite was launched in 1960. Polar orbits are often used for Earth mapping, Earth observation, capturing the Earth as time passes from one point, and reconnaissance satellites. This would put the Black Knight in the category of an observational satellite. The only question here is, who placed the Black Knight in our polar orbit, and who is observing us? Astronomers and scientists calculated the object's weight to be over 10 tons, which would be, at the time, the heaviest artificial satellite to orbit our planet. The Black Knight's orbit was unlike any other object orbiting Earth as it was moving twice as fast when compared to any other man-made spacecraft. There are also several reports that the Grumman Aircraft Corporation gave much importance to this mysterious satellite. On September 3, 1960, seven months after the satellite was first detected by radar, a tracking camera at Grumman Aircraft Corporation's Long Island factory took a photograph of the Black Knight. At that point, people all over the world started identifying the object in the sky, which could be seen as a red light moving at higher speed compared to other satellites in an east-to-west orbit. 
the Grumman Aircraft Corporation formed a committee to study the data received from the observations made, but nothing was made public. In 1963, Gordon Cooper was launched into space. On his final orbit, he reported seeing a glowing green object in front of his capsule in the distance moving towards his spacecraft. The Muchia tracking system in Australia, which Cooper reported the object to, picked up this unidentified object on radar, traveling east to west. NBC reported this, but after Cooper had returned to Earth, the reporters were not allowed to ask Cooper about the unidentified object. Of course, the official explanation given to Cooper's sighting were high levels of carbon dioxide, which caused hallucinations. Despite NASA's attempt to explain what Cooper saw with a more mundane explanation, he continued throughout his life to divulge stories that detailed his experiences with UFOs and other unexplained phenomena. He often spoke of attempted government cover-ups regarding UFOs and unexplained activity. So, it could be probable he saw the Black Knight realizing its existence was deliberately being withheld from the public. In 1973, a Scottish astronomer and author, Duncan Lunan, wrote that he had identified and deciphered a hidden radio message in outer space radio emissions that predate human existence in outer space. Lunan says the deciphered message said, Start here. Our home is Upsilon Boots, which is a double star. We live on the sixth planet of seven, coming from the sun which is the larger of the two. Our sixth planet has one moon. Our fourth planet has three. Our first and third planets each have one. Our probe is in the position of Arcturus. It is suggested that the Black Knight satellite has always roamed the Earth's orbit for thousands of years, unbeknownst to man. The mysterious satellite moves around the Earth's orbit, transmitting radio frequency now and then. This alien satellite has been a topic of interest all around the world. Until today, most of the information on the mysterious object is kept safe and away from society. Yet no one has answered the questions, who placed that satellite in our polar orbit and to what purpose? Based on everything we've discovered on the Black Knight satellite, there are two theories. One theory suggests that the Black Knight satellite is of alien origin and it's placed here to monitor our species. The other theory suggests that the origin of the satellite isn't alien, but actually an ancient human creation. The idea here is that an ancient race of humans were scientifically advanced and launched the satellite before becoming extinct. What do you think is the purpose of the Black Knight satellite and the Altanin antenna? And who placed them here? Tell us what you think in the comment section. Thank you for watching. If you enjoyed the video, please hit the like button. And if you're new, hit subscribe and the bell next to it for future notifications.